0: Alright, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty P. Active Mint customers by five thirty-one twenty-four. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG
0: for logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car accordingly. According to manufacturer's specifications, for real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
1: Plenty of text there on 0433 736 736. Uh, uh, we will get to that. Uh, sorry, 0433 98 11 16. Wrong. That's the other phone number. Anyway, 433 Force of Habit. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line. Uh, we will get to all of your texts shortly about sporting bucket lists. But let's turn our attention now to English Premier League. And a lot happening, sadly, though, not a lot happening on the field, unfortunately. Let's have a chat to Matt Bungard from the Wide World of Sports, who's kindly stayed up very late uh, or early in the morning to have a chat with us. Matt, good morning to you.
0: Hey, mate. Good morning. Yeah, I don't know if I'm really staying up. I knocked off my shift after the Ashes only about 15 minutes ago, so still very much awake.
1: That is true. Now, you would have been looking forward to getting in and watching uh, some football in about half an hour. Well, that's not going to be happening because Aston Villa, uh, Burnley – has been postponed. Uh, this, before we talk about everything that's happening oh. off the field, there is a couple of games happening across the weekend at this stage. Only one game this morning, though, in about three mm. hours' time, uh, Leeds United playing Arsenal. Presuming this goes ahead, uh, how do you see this one going? I, I know you're not overly confident yeah. being a Leeds fan.
0: Uh, well, it's pretty funny. I mean, I just—I no, don't think I've ever heard anyone say that anyone was looking forward to watching Burnley play <laughs> no, before you just true. said that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that game's obviously are not going ahead, and now, yeah, It's kind of ironic in a way. So I think that Leeds, along with Liverpool and Wolves, have the um, highest rate of vaccination in their squad. Mm. And so their reward for that is to be the only team (laughs) that's going ahead today, as they have, by a wide margin, the most injuries or the biggest percentage of their squad currently out with injuries. So Leeds are basically being punished for being fully vaccinated by having to take the field with, I think, I mean, probably maybe someone else has got injured while we've been on the phone to one another, but um, I think they're down to eight outfield players right now. So it's an absolute debacle. The entire bench, plus probably one or two of the starters, will be from the under-23s. Um, yeah, look, you, you, you hope that maybe the home crowd can will them on to a bit of magic or that the sort of guys who are still there can provide some sort of backs-against-the-wall job. And you know what? They were pretty good against Chelsea with a similar similarly depleted squad. They were pretty good in that game. They were really, really unlucky to concede that penalty in injury time um, to lose the match, but yeah, you really you, you, Arsenal are firm favourites in this game and rightfully so, I mean, the form they're in coupled with just the absolute devastation to the Leeds squad, this really should be going their way, but you know I, I would say that the, the comfort for Leeds fans is it really can't be worse than the 7-0 smashing on Wednesday morning.
1: No, that was pretty bad. I was saying to someone the other day that Leeds last season were quite enjoyable to watch this year. They Mm. haven't been that good at all. Look, a few other games (laughs) tomorrow. Look, I hope they turn it around for you. i have a soft spot for Leeds. A few other games tomorrow, supposedly, uh, Newcastle, Man City, Wolves, Chelsea. The big one, I suppose, is uh, tomorrow, early hours, tomorrow morning, as in Monday morning, Tottenham playing Liverpool. That should be a brilliant Mm. game if it goes ahead.
0: Yeah. Well Tottenham were of course one of the teams that last week had a had a game postponed because of COVID. So mm. we'll see. But you know, as I said earlier, Liverpool and Wolves are two of the teams you just mentioned there. They've got great vaccination rates. I think some of the teams who've games I know I think this morning Manchester United's vaccination rate, for example, is, you know, terrible. Mm. So, um yeah, we'll see what goes on in that case. I mean, I just like and I'm not just saying this because it would benefit my team <laughs> to the point where they could recover with injuries and stuff, although that would be a nice by product, but I mean, it's got to get to a point soon where if you're getting five, six, seven matches postponed over a weekend, that it's probably just time to shut things down until you can get the situation under control. Well, I
1: know that- I, I, I'm not
0: really sure. Like, I'm not really sure. How, like Leeds, if they if that game goes ahead, Burnley have now had another game postponed. That will that will mean that Leeds have now played three more games than Burnley already at this point in the season, which I think is you know. Bit silly, but in, in saying that, it probably, it, and if anything, it probably benefits those teams that are having to play games because that means, of course, later in the year when um, the likes of Leeds or Liverpool will getting, you know, seven days rest between their matches, there'll be teams like Burnley or Manchester United or the others who are, you know, having, you know, Wednesday, Tuesday night or Wednesday night fixtures crammed into the middle of their calendars all throughout April and, and March and April and May. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's just a strange one, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, you know, we wake up. Tomorrow or the day after that, and they've they've pulled the pin for a couple of weeks.
1: Thomas Frank, the Brentford manager the other day, said that he basically wanted to postpone this whole round of matches, uh, get through yesterday's mm. matches and then postpone it. Now obviously that may happen by a byproduct, but not actually what they intended. The Premier League put out a statement the other day and it was saying it's their intention to continue its current fixture schedule where safely possible, although some managers, as I said, have called for a brief suspension. So Manchester United Brighton game, which is supposed to be well be done by now that got postponed Uh, Southampton Brentford Watford Crystal Palace West Ham Norwich all today and then Everton Leicester tomorrow add on Aston Villa and Burnley Uh, that's uh, a lot of games postponed and there has to be at some point in time maybe probably not the integrity is probably not the right word but even if you're playing some of these games but a lot of these players can't play if you're a fan, and look, we know there's only probably four or five teams that can win the Premier League, but especially if you're a fan of one of those teams down the bottom of the ladder, you don't want to be missing uh, yes. games with great players that are missing out because they've got coronavirus or they have to isolate.
0: Well, yeah, you're right. And, and it, it's, it's like, I, I'm sure Burnley fans had already started travelling today to Birmingham for that Aston Villa game before mm. it was postponed because it was, you know, That's as about, of, you know, yeah. a couple of hours ago, it was still going ahead. So. Mm. Yeah, I think that they really need to do a better job of providing clarity on this situation, both for the players' benefit and for the fans as well. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really see a scenario where this doesn't end in either a bubble or the season being called off for a few weeks because, as I said earlier, you can't be having half, if not more than half, the games of a round called off and just expecting things to go full steam ahead. I mean, that's just not... I just don't think that that's a viable option, you know, in modern football. I mean, that might have been okay in the 1970s when you'd have waterlogged or frozen pitches and you'd get five or six games called off on a weekend because of the weather that, you know, things like that can't be happening anymore. And, yeah, they're going to have to make a tough decision soon, but we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, they're not the only ones, right? Like, in America, you've got NFL teams at the moment with guys, you know, 10, 15 guys with COVID, and they're still also saying they're going to push ahead with everything and they've moved games around and stuff. So, it really does highlight, I guess, where the priorities for a lot of these people are. And it's, I don't think it, personally, I don't think it is with the safety of the people involved
1: yeah they 're going to hold the uh, Premier League are going to hold emergency meetings uh, next week uh, with club owners and the team managers to discuss the escalation and potential a fire break over a uh, christmas mm. period now we we saw of course the Premier League and basically every other sport postponed during the start of the pandemic at the start of two thousand and twenty we didn 't think we would be here again we are and I think mm. half the problem is is that well more than half the problem is the uk yesterday ninety three thousand odd cases but for all intents and purposes, they're still open. Um, And uh, you probably know more than me, but I don't think any of the Premier League players are in a bubble as such as you'd have in sports here in terms of the AFL and the NRL. So when there's that much coronavirus going around, you're clearly going to get cases.
0: Well, they, yeah, they're not at all. Um, They were last year, much like they were in the NRL and the AFL here, but that's not the case this time around. But they are being tested every day. So, of course, with the amount of COVID that's going around, if they're being tested every day then yeah there's just going to be a huge uptick in cases like that's just simple math and yeah it's not surprising at all i mean their numbers are staggering at the moment mm. i suppose i mean look i you know we don't we don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this stuff but i mean they're they've they've made the decision to sort of push forward and stuff whether that's for political reasons or for health reasons who knows but as long as there's that many cases flying around england unless. The players themselves are put into a bubble or the season is postponed I just don't really see a way forward because you are just going to have those numbers of Premier League footballers testing positive and that number is just going to keep going up and even if, even if they are vaccinated that is still going to cause an issue so yeah it, it just it's just it would be remarkable to me if we're sitting here next week after those meetings and everything's just sort of hunky-dory it would be immensely surprising to me.
1: And what I would find even funnier in a a non-funny sense is that if the Premier League keeps going ahead, but you have no crowds there, which has been rumoured that if there's a lot of rumours floating around in the UK now, that they will get through to Christmas and then there'll be tighter restrictions. Uh, who knows if that will happen, but uh, that is a real possibility at least over probably the mm. next month until we find out more about this um, variant. We don't want to go deep into the COVID stuff, but yeah. that, that, you know that, that's a real thing. Jürgen Klopp, though, has said uh, he's not against a brief halt, but he says he just doesn't 100% see the benefit of it. Stopping the league means we stop now for one to two weeks. It means missing five to six games, so we do you want to play them? I suppose that is another issue, but you've got to keep the integrity of the competition alive and well.
0: You do. I think Jürgen Klopp's been brilliant on this stuff for the most part. I think he's been very vocally in favour of vaccines. He's been very vocal in favour of practising, you know, sort of safe COVID protocols and all that stuff. I think he's been a brilliant ambassador in sort of that regard and I think a a lot of other people who have influence in, in not just in football but in all sports, could learn a lot from the way he's conducted himself um, since the pandemic started. But, um, yeah, I, I totally see his point there. He's always, and, you know, look, I mean, you've got to be wary slightly because he's always been one to harp on about his, his players having to play too many games and whatnot. But in this case, he's right because there's supposed to be a World Cup starting uh, in like 50 weeks' time. Yep. So yep. that's that's around the corner. And, you know, that's not something they've had to deal with before. There, there hasn't been a Winter World Cup before. So um, that, that pushing everything down the road like they did Uh, last season might not be a viable option this time around. Whether that means they potentially scrap the FA Cup or Mm. maybe I don't know what they could do there. They could condense that or I don't know. Maybe that's an option. Maybe they go back to what they did last year in the latter stage of the Champions League where the ties become one game instead of two over the knockout phases, which, Mm. which they did I think for a couple of rounds. I can't remember exactly when they started doing that, but there was definitely some one-off Champions League games at neutral venues, aside from the final, of course. Um, maybe that's an option, but yeah, there's, he's right. There's not really a scenario where this doesn't end up with teams cramming multiple midweek fixtures into that back half of the calendar, and that is going to be a problem for a lot of these teams. It, 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 it's, it's just, I mean, it's a simple fact. I mean, you can't be sitting there playing games of football every two or three days and just expecting players' bodies and wear and tear to just be, just, to just be fine. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't really know how this ends. Uh, I I just don't know how this goes ahead. I mean, from obviously selfishly with, you know, fans want the sport to keep mm. going because we love it. Although also selfishly, I kind of want them to stop <laughs> so all the lead players can get fit from their injuries, which aren't related to COVID. Um, But, yeah, I guess we're not really going to know much until next weekend, by the looks of things.
1: Yeah, it does seem uh, that way. Uh, Yeah, and as you mentioned, the Football World Cup being in winter next year, even without COVID, uh, probably causes some issues for the Premier League anyway. So throw this into it, and who knows where we'll be this time next year in terms of the COVID uh, situation. Uh, Just uh, on the whole COVID thing, we've seen what's happening in the UK now. You mentioned over in America as well. Mm. Now we're in a situation and we've seen it already. Some A-League players have tested positive. Uh, we have obviously had the situation with Pat Cummins. Now, thankfully he's not tested positive, but a close contact couldn't play. Um, uh, we've seen it in other sports as well. It's been very little at the moment here in Australia, but, you know, fast forward to three months time from now, if we're still in a fairly open community, New South Wales recording almost, you know, 2,500 cases yeah. a day.
0: Well, uh, it's, it's only a matter of time. Yep. Like, it's the same yep. thing, right? With yep. the testing and all that. Like if, if, if 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 teams if if sports aren't forced into bubbles and, and the and the, the players and the staff and all the people involved in these sports are going to be out and about with the general public and case numbers are going up across mm. the general public, they're gonna go up across athletes and, and, and staff of sports teams as well. So mm. whether that means whether whether like whether the AFL or the NRL can uh I guess look at what's happening in England right now and sort of mm. maybe be a bit more proactive when it comes to player bubbles next year or whether they just kind of shrug it off and go, well, you know, we'll just trust the vaccines. I don't know, but something will happen in that space too. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens.
1: And you'd have to think that, as you said, they are watching what's happening overseas very, very closely. But, uh, you know, maybe there's not the appetite from the players to do another year of a bubble and be away from home for for many weeks. So it's going to be a problem. And I suppose just before I let you go, the, the one thing that I suppose differs in terms of football over in England now, obviously they play a lot of games, but probably in terms of intensity, rugby league or NRL and AFL, it's probably, well, they are tougher games. Now, you know, we can't see where it's in football. You can probably make up games sometimes. These teams play every three days anyway in the various different leagues here in Australia. That's going to be very hard to do. So, uh, and when can yeah, they do? That's
0: it? not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you you simply can't. You can't mm. be. There's a reason most players don't back up after they play state of origin, right? Yeah. Because it's just too hard on their bodies to be yep. playing multiple games of rugby league. And you know, I you know I've we've all played sport growing up. I played rugby league and and soccer growing up as a kid and. I could comfortably play sort of soccer for my school team on a on a Wednesday or a Thursday, go to training twice a week for my weekend team and play for my weekend team in soccer and be fine. Whereas, you know, rugby league, you'll feel the effects of playing one game for, for days afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's night and day in that regard. And I would imagine that AFL would be a similarly strenuous activity, if not more so. I mean, I know that they're. Particularly their cardio is just absolutely off the chart, so mm. yeah, again, uh we'll, we'll see what happens. but um, this is definitely not over anytime soon.
1: Matt, just before I let you go, I've been asking the listeners tonight about the sporting bucket list, what event uh, that you haven't yeah. been to, would you like to go to? And also, what event well, I in the past: been to. Yeah, and what event in the past that uh, you would love to have gone to could be any time? Is there any couple that stand out, one that stands out for yeah. you?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, Monaco Grand Prix is a huge bucket. This one, this the um, second one we've got. For that, don't know how that would ever happen. I don't own a yacht, so I <laughs> yeah, no, don't know no. if there's many no, Airbnbs no, no. in that part of the world. No. But like, just um, just going to it. Ticked um, off going to a World Cup in Brazil and seeing a game at the Maracanã in 2014. That was a huge one. Um, uh, what, like going to a, a Celtic Rangers game at Celtic Park. That it's would a be a huge one as well. Um, uh. Uh, and a Super Bowl, of course. I mean, I've seen many NFL games, but no Super Bowls. So that's probably if I could go back in time to anything, anything ever. Wow, that's um. I mean, I was there for Australia's probably their finest moment. That was, of course, '05 when we qualified for the World mm-hmm. Cup. So I don't need to say that one because I was actually there as a school kid. But um, ah, uh, geez, anything ever? Um, wow, that's that's really hard. Um, oh my god. Um,
1: Hard to think at this time of morning as well.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like amazing things that have happened, like sort of sports moments sort of resonate. Uh, I'd probably and I'd probably go with with the rumble in the jungle if I had yeah. to be if I had to pick something. I think that, or possibly the 1966 World Cup final. I go with one of those two.
1: Good choice. Good choice. Very good choices there, Matt. And yeah, the Super Bowl has actually been one of probably the most popular one uh, so far today. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. I uh, appreciate your company. We'll see what happens uh, with the EPL over the course of the next couple of yeah. days. And, and no doubt we'll speak again soon.
0: Absolutely, mate.
1: Thank you, mate. Of Matt, course. All right. Good night. Matt Bungard from Wide World of Sports. Uh, he's on running on the cricket at the moment, but he can catch all his stuff on the Wide World of Sports. Any Thoughts on that? I know everyone's a bit COVID out, but it does impact sport. And happy to hear from you on that. And I'm happy to hear any opinion as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 You can text 0433-981116. Heaps of texts coming through. We will get to them in just a second. This is The Overnight Crowd right around Australia on SEN.